would do the same for her if he were in the same situation. Her fiancé had been in jail for almost a month now. Evan's lawyer had finally negotiated his release on a $1 million bond. After appealing to the circuit court after a lower court judge had refused to grant Evan bail because the prosecutors had claimed that he was a flight risk. Mr. Murdoch is a very wealthy man, Your Honor. He could hop on a jet and leave the country for Switzerland or Mozambique, for all we know, the Commonwealth's attorney had argued during Evan's bail hearing. We might never find him. Luckily, Evan's lawyer had been able to convince the circuit court judge that the Murdoch's ties to the community and Evan's responsibility to the business, not to mention his family, would keep him in town. Evan would finally get out of prison in a matter of days. But Leela knew what awaited him when he exited the prison gates. He'd be greeted with lurid news stories detailing how he'd tried to murder his half-brother Dante Turner. He'd find that the stock prices of Murdoch Conglomerated had plummeted, and there were calls from shareholders and some board members to have Evan removed as CEO of the company his father George had built from the ground up. Evan would be shunned by the very people in Chesterton, Virginia, who had once clamored for his money and attention. And if Evan stood trial and was found guilty of attempted murder, a crime she knew in her heart he hadn't committed, his fate could be even worse. Evan could spend decades in prison. Where did that leave her and the little family she and Evan had created? Leela and Evan weren't married. His divorce from his wife, Cherise, still hadn't been finalized. Would Cherise kick her out of the Murdoch estate? Where would they go? Leela raised her hands to her chest, patting breasts that were still sore and full of milk. Her mother need not remind her that she was a mother, too, that her daughters, Angelica and Isabel, depended on her. She also had their lives to consider. Accept it. A voice in her head insisted, sounding hollow. You don't have a choice. Leela jolted as the elevator slowed to a stop. The doors opened, and she stepped into the carpeted corridor. She wasn't shaking anymore. Leela followed the gilded signs that pointed her in the direction of room 1926. When she reached the door, she hesitated only briefly before knocking. The door swung open a second later. Dante stood in front of her wearing only a crisp white bathrobe with the hotel emblem on the breast. A glass of champagne was in his hand. He looked a little different than she remembered. His face had gotten fatter in the past year, and he looked wider through the middle. When Dante saw her, he leaned against the door frame and looked her up and down. She wanted to slap the smug smile off his face. She wanted to yank the glass out of his hand and pour his champagne over his head. I said 9.30. You're late, he said. She didn't respond. Instead, she strode past him into the hotel room. She looked around the suite as he shut the door behind her. The living room and adjoining kitchenette were in varying shades of cream, white, and gold, and decorated in an ornate Baroque style she viewed as gaudy, but she knew it suited a man like Dante perfectly with his inflated ego and desperation to seem more important than he actually was. Make yourself comfortable. Have some champagne. 
Dante said, making it sound more like an order than an offer. She watched as he strode across the room and reached for a bottle that sat in an ice bucket on the kitchenette counter. You look like you could use a drink. No, thank you, she mumbled, tugging off her coat and tossing it onto the sofa. He poured a glass anyway and held it out to her, swirling the champagne around and around. Come on, it'll do you good. It'll help your nerves. You look more wound up than a Swiss watch, baby. I'm not your baby, and I don't want a drink. She snapped, making him pause and squint at her. You know, he began, lowering the champagne glass to the coffee table. For a woman who needs a favor, you've got a lot of goddamn attitude. He pointed at her. You're the one who reached out to me. It wasn't the other way around. If you're going to be a bitchly, you can get the hell out now. That's right. She had.